Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This morning, we're in a part of Merseyside that I know very well. I grew up about a five-minute drive from this spot, which is just on the edge of the pine woods in Formby. I loved exploring the woods as a child, pretending to have adventures, and waiting to see if the tide would be in if we got to the beach. In recent years, this stretch of coastline has been used as a location for many films, TV shows and adverts, starring some big names. So we're here today to find out more from the man whose job it is to decide whether or not to allow film companies access and to make sure the landscape and the creatures that live in it are kept safe. His name is Gordon White, and he's the countryside officer for Green Sefton, and he should be waiting for us just outside this church over here. I find it a very sort of calming environment. Um, it's, it's got, it's, you, you sort of, all your senses are kind of um, tested because you can smell the pine trees we're just walking through, yeah. you can smell the sea, you can hear the wind, there's birdsong, it's quiet, it's natural um, and I think naturalness is one of the important sort of aspects of the coastline that we've got that people find quite attractive yeah. to, um, to bring you know, their teams to, to, uh, to shoot films or adverts or whatever it is they want their projects are. I suppose it doesn't date. Um, it's it's hyper dynamic. It changes all the time. Yeah, but in terms of it being, it, you could set something in almost any era. Yes, uh, it, it, it doesn't. It, you're right. It doesn't date in that sense. You could have uh, something based on, you know, um, from a long time ago. Say, I think one of the recent things before we transferred this land across to the National Trust um, there was a, a a production which went out I think Christmas last year or the year before um, uh, Witness for the Prosecution oh, yeah. was recently redone uh, and part of it was here um, and they cheated I think 1800 and something sort of Edwardian times at the beach and it was supposed to be French Riviera type location as well so it's not just to cheat it for um, for different uh, eras but also for different places um, I think it's probably an awful lot cheaper to film here than it is to film in Nice with a crew of 50 people you know, yes. and all, this, all the stuff that goes along with that So when did you start working um, in this role? I've been working for Sefton Council for just over 25 years um, I'm local, locally brought up 
from this area but spent the first five years of work um, on the south coast of England in Dorset uh, in another very very uh, strongly protected location um, part of the Jurassic Coast um, and the Dorset Heritage Coast near a place called Swanage which is a, a great holiday destination um, lots and lots of visitors very very protected species and uh, important habitats fabulous place and beautiful to live in but I only had a short-term contract so when the opportunity came to come home effectively in inverted commas um, I decided to jump on that and I've been here ever since so um, and it's been amazing loved every minute of it every, no day is the same as this, the cliches get so we've just walked through the pine woods and we've gone across a sort of plain we can see the sand dunes straight ahead is this a walk you do a lot? Um, it's not one that I do frequently. Uh, it's one that I choose to do if I was coming here for the, you know, with my dogs for the weekend or something like that. So, um, like you say, it's, it'd be quite easy for TV companies and film crews to cheat this area for um, any time in history, as long as you didn't have signage like we're looking at just here, yeah. this, which way the coastal footpath goes and things like that. Um, so it is, uh, it's a, a place I do come with my dogs and my family sometimes. And you come in any weather, because obviously it's, it's raining, <laughs> starting to rain quite Yeah, heavily. we haven't chosen the best day today, have we? But, um, <laughs> so what happens when, when a film company wants to use this area of the coastline? Sefton Council looks at that as uh, an organised activity, um, and that requires... Uh, permission from the landowner. Part of the reason that I get involved is to filter out any possibilities that there might be any damage or disturbance caused by um, activities of third parties on the council's land. There are some areas that are more sensitive than others, even though they've all got the same level of protection. On day one of the shoot, the directors arrive <laughs> and the production managers arrive and all of a sudden, they sort of, not having specifically maybe been to the location without, or, or have only seen pictures perhaps, yeah. their reaction is, is uh, right, we'll do it over there. My response to that is, I'm really sorry, but you can't do that yeah. because of the sensitivities. So I've negotiated something on behalf of Sefton with your locations team, and that's what we've agreed. Yeah. This is the location that's been agreed, so that's how we're going to progress. If you wanted to go somewhere else, perhaps need to have been here earlier in the, in the process. I imagine some of these people aren't used to being told no. Yes, that's <laughs> quite true. So we're on the boardwalk now and we can look down at sea. We can see the sea, yeah. Well, the tide's not too far out today. No, it's not long-turned, actually. You can see the high tide mark just here. I'm going to suggest that rather than we walk down the beach that we do a U-turn and head back inland a little bit, perhaps head for that bit of woodland that's just the other side of here. Yeah, sure. And gives a little bit of shelter. So which um, films, which programmes have you had oh. taking place on this beach? Uh, here, um, yeah, a witness for the prosecution I mentioned earlier. Um, and don't forget that we're talking about an area which is probably 20 odd miles long that I'm kind of looking after aside from areas which belong to other, other, uh, other agencies. Yeah. But we've, there's been Peaky Blinders, we've had Location, Location, Location. Um, we've had uh, TV advertising and online advertising for McDonald's and for Ford and VW and Vauxhall. Um, 
numerous TV shows um, of one kind or another. Some of them less well known than others, but lots of things like Country File um, and uh, Britain from the Air and, and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so, so we have like factual things. We'll have documentary type things. There'll be we've had Hollyoaks come down quite frequently because that's made in Liverpool, just down the road. Um, so we work with a company called Lime Pictures when, uh, when they, they come and get their permissions organised with us for that. And they tend Hollyoaks will probably come almost every year, maybe not not every year but certainly every other year I've seen people from Hollyoaks and, and work with their locations people yeah. um, we had uh, a, an online advert quite a long time ago with Jude Law uh, for an aftershave and they, they built a big stage and a big set on the beach not far from here just up the beach a little bit at Ainsdale um, and that was uh, a well kept secret for a while and uh, he was chauffeur driven down the beach in some sort of gold-coloured Bentley-type car, and oh, it was, nice. yeah, amazing. Um, so there's been quite a few different things. We have, there's quite a few sports-related things as well. So we'll have um, the Premier League. We'll come and do um, short pieces to camera in the run-up to things like um, the Liverpool-Everton derby matches. Um, we've had uh, the Grand National um, out here with. Uh, associations with Red Rum who used to train up and down the beach they, they've recreated Red Rum's training regime and filmed that for uh, the uh, from the on the, the day of the national meeting at uh, at, at Aintree yeah um, we had the Rugby World Cup was here a couple of years ago when, uh, when we uh, when we didn't win there's quite a lot of different things going on which makes it interesting really I've always loved how wild this beach feels it's very natural isn't it it's um I mean, obviously, you, you probably know, being from Formby, that this is um, the beach is eroding here. So Formby Point is kind of disappearing. Um, but if you go a little bit further up the coast in either direction, you'll find that the opposite's happening. It's actually accreting and growing. Okay. At Southport and Ainsdale, um, the beach is uh, growing seaward. Um, and the history of Southport, really, is that it was built at a time when land was reclaimed from the sea in order to do that, and then short time sometime later when the land was reclaimed to build the marine lake at Southport that was another reclamation from the sea and we're at a state when the, the pier has become it's the longest pier in, in England the longest iron pier in England or something um, it's now one of the shortest ones over sand and if in yeah. so, some point in the future if there's another reclamation of land um, you know you could be talking about that being even shorter but it's it's just interesting. The, the coast is a, is a such a dynamic place, and that's that's what makes it really really fascinating. Is it changes all the time. Every single time the tide comes in twice a day, there's a new feature. There's a new uh, condition. Um, it's uh, uh, it makes it an interesting place for people to visit. Visually, the stimulation is is incredible. And like I said before about the senses being stimulated by visiting the smells and the sounds uh, and, the, and the different sort of textures as well. You know, sand feels very different to trees, and you know, it's really it's it's uh, there's there's just lots and lots to see and do, and it's just fascinating they can understand why people want to use it it's yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a resource that in my mind to be honest is probably underused but then as I said before about the complications of getting through to a permissions situation because of the protected status um, 
is is perhaps seen by some people as a stumbling block, but from our perspective, it's it's an obligatory thing that we we, we can't get around. So you don't um, mind all the extra paperwork if more? Not at all. No, not at all. I mean, I'd be I'd be quite happy. We'll be, we've dealt with in the past. There's been quite large scale productions with you know here here for kind of two to three weeks at a time, um, transporting gear uh, across routes that we wouldn't normally use for vehicles and. You know, organising permissions for that is quite complex when you're trying to make sure that everybody on that team becomes aware of what the sensitivities are um, and what the boundaries are of what's acceptable and what we're happy to permit and what we can't permit. Um, normally, I deal with one or two people per shoot uh, on a, from a production from a locations perspective to get the permissions set up and in place. Mm. But I rely on those people then to make sure that the rest of the crew and the team who are coming when come filming dates are aware of what those conditions are and why we've set things up the way that we have and what those restrictions are. I've, I've turned up at, at shoots before now where the location managers have moved on to their next job okay. and the directors and the production team and the crew are all there doing the, doing the work and they're not following what's been permitted, you know, what we've agreed. Because they don't know what it is. So that's, that's, that's caused a bit of friction on occasion. And you know, quite often I'll get invited to the recce's that they do early days when they're planning things out. Um, and if I'm available and can make those, then yeah, great. I can, I'll, I'll go along and help out and try to guide at that stage. Yeah. And sometimes I end up do meeting, you know, the people like the directors and what. Had you expected your job involving this sort of thing when you first went into conservation? Well, no, not really. I mean, um, when I when I worked down south, we, I didn't really come across it at all. And I think it is something that's certainly grown in the last ten years. There's been a lot more. Um, it's been a lot more activity in that sense. Um, and things like uh, the, I don't know, you should, I'm sure you're aware, of the film office in Liverpool setting themselves up to try to make sure that you know Liverpool's seen as a really attractive place to come and do, and, and it's a um, it's a filming friendly place, and we, we try to make it as as much of that as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, they'll frequently send me applications that come in through via their systems for our sites, mm. and that's absolutely fine because they provide the same information effectively that we ask for through our application process. Um, so we just make sure that they've got suitable insurance for third party and uh, public public liability yeah. uh, we make sure we know where they want to be what they want to do and how they're going to do it how many people what sort of kit um, and um, uh, you know if we're happy with what they're proposing in the first place then fine we, we, we press the press the green button and, and give permission um, agree the fees and uh, uh, you know move it on from there and do they bring a lot of equipment they can do yeah I mean uh, the, the big productions um, have brought in um, you know, wagons full of you know, wardrobe and changing facilities for artists and um, catering. Um, and if we've got, you know, parking space and availability that to, to accommodate all that, yeah, we, we, we build that into the application and uh, that all gets, you know, scrutinised to the point where, you know, we're happy for them to do what they're proposing to do. They'll bring, you know, gas bottles and, you know, so there's quite a lot of safety stuff associated with, with that kind of thing as well because, you know, if they've got vehicles moving around in areas where we'd normally only expect to see pedestrians, for example, that's quite a serious interface that needs to be assessed and looked at from a risk point of view. So you can see out here now, as the tide's receding, there's a, there's a bit of a, a, a flock of birds out here. Um, I can see oyster catchers and I can see red shank and uh, uh, grey plover and sandling uh, moving about on the shore here. And these are some of the protected features that we're, we're obligated to look after. I could stay here all day. That's fabulous, isn't it? Yeah. I, I often find that um, every time I visit different parts of the coast, 
it's always it's never the same it's a it's a big sky environment isn't it you know we look at overhead it's a bit gray and cloudy and misty today and a bit rainy but the next time you come and visit here the conditions won't be the same and the tide won't be in the same place and the wind won't sound the same or it'll be from a different direction or the sun might be out or it might be um, a lot busier and a lot more people or you know so the, every experience you have each time you come even if you came every single day you'd, you'd probably have a different experience and I think that's one of its one of the biggest attractions about the whole of the coastline is that you get this you get this different experience every time you come yeah and the colors change a lot don't they they're, they're very subtle today and then the bright yellow of the sign really stands out but on a bright day yeah, like I say, the senses are all, you know, you, you feel kind of um, as if you're being tested all the time, you know, because you can see something different or um, you hear or smell something different or, you know, it's, it's just, I find it fascinates me that you can come to the same place and have a different, a different feeling each time you come. And, you know, that's one of the, another massive, massive contribution that uh, a reason for doing the work I do yes I'm really into all the nature and the wildlife and the environment and all that side of things but the the benefits that people get from visiting here in terms of wellness and healthy well-being is phenomenal every time we do any kind of survey work about why people visit where they visit from how far away they travel to come here that kind of stuff um, you always get people saying I come because I clear my head or I get some exercise yeah. or I go for a jog so fitness is important to me do you get these kinds of comments so the, the contribution that the the land that we look after um, gives to people visitors from nearby or further away is, is is huge you can't you can't put a value on that benefit that that's just because everybody's different and everybody's benefit is not is different from the next person and they value it in a different way Up a bit anyway. Yeah, yeah. Other um, applications we get for uh, coming and using media or TV or film or that kind of industry is from music. Oh, yeah. We get quite a few uh, musicians or bands or up and coming bands or sometimes, sometimes well known um, artists who want to either do the cover shoot for their CD or their album or they want to film a music video or they want to promote themselves to a new audience or whatever it is they're doing. Um, we had a, last year we had a, um, a group called Moon Boots who uh, are a, a, a dance music act, so I'm told by my DJ son, <laughs> um, who, uh, who are very big at the moment and um, we, we gave them a, a permission to come and do some filming um, on the beach at Ainsdale just last year um, and I think a couple, of, it was a couple of years ago now Paloma Faith did some some cover shoot work here um, I think further up the coast towards sort of Southport end where it's a little bit more of a kind of semi-industrial experience visually yeah. than a natural coastline like this where we are now you know you've got the pier and you've got infrastructure close by the coastline the coast road and that's on and the sea yeah. wall um, so you've got those kind of non-natural features if you like um, they're a bit more industrial I think I never saw the cover to be honest so I don't know how they turned out 
Peter Kay's been here for car share. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was fun. He had a monster truck on the beach. <laughs> What's the chap's name who, who who's in um, who's plays Del Boy? Oh, David Jason. David Jason, yeah, he was in uh, a film I think was called The Bullion Boys, uh, which was about uh, a wartime. Um, a wartime story connected with submarines in in Liverpool Bay. Um, um, had other celebs doing other things, not necessarily sort of newsworthy type things. Um, Cherie Blair was on the beach a couple of years ago. Carol Smiley. Do you have favourite spots along this coastline? Oh yeah, lots. There's too many to mention, probably really. Um, there's a place called Ravenmel's Local Nature Reserve, which is south of where we are now, which is lovely and quiet. Um, really, really good wildlife. Um, fascinating history. Um, it's got some old buildings or the remains of some old buildings where there was, uh, many years ago, there was a, a move to create Form Beyond Sea. Oh, yeah. And they, they, they built a promenade and... They, had, they started to build hotels and houses there and some of those have fallen down now but there's, there's still some remain um, but the sea wall that they built <laughs> is, uh, is, is buried under sand dunes now oh. which shows you how much accretion has occurred down, down at Raven Mills yeah. but it's a nice quiet place um, the, whole, the whole of the coastline is lovely really I mean the, the coastal footpath runs from end to end um, there's a project I'm involved with which is going to gather pace next year is the uh, the Sefton section of what's called the England Coast Path so Natural England, the government's advisors on nature conservation are driving forward to create the England Coast Path which will be all the way around the English coast um, and hopefully we're going to be involved in um, installing the the Sefton section of that and where we are now at Lifeboat Road in 1979 what you could see over there was just bare sand because there was no formalised car parking and people just used to come park the cars anywhere where we are now there was no tarmac yeah. and they would have just walked to the beach without being channelled along one particular route that was sort of managed for that, for that purpose so all the vegetation died off and you ended up with potential inundation by the tide oh, that's how okay. low the dunes were so they had to wow. bulldoze lots and lots of sand into a big ridge like you can see there and plant lots of grass on it and uh, put brushwood fencing down. We used to go sledging on one of the sand dunes, right? Yeah, yeah. In the days when you got proper snow. <laughs> yeah, not when it doesn't happen anymore, does it? Doesn't seem to. What are these birds here? Uh, that's a couple of female pheasants you oh, can see there. Yeah. I wondered if it was, but I didn't know yeah. pheasants here. But I can also see magpies, blackbirds, uh, herring gulls. That's a common gull sat over there on the car park. So just in a very short, uh, small area. Oh, a goldfinch has just flown into that bush there. Oh. A greenfinch. Oh, see yeah. that hawthorn bush there? Probably looking for the last of the berries. There's a few here. Yeah. That's great tip there. 
flying across. Female blackbird. Wood pigeon. We fly a list going. Yeah. I'm following my nose, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where there's anything you anywhere you want to go. I'm trusting you. Um, last year, I think uh, they did some quite significant amount of work for War of the Worlds. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. It's um, just a lot been of it, on TV. A lot of it wasn't on our land. A lot of that was on land that belongs to Natural England and the National Trust as opposed to Settings. Yeah. Uh, but they, they crossed our land in order to get to that. So we still were involved in the process of allowing vehicles to cross our land to get to where they wanted to get to to do the filming. And they, they dressed an area quite significantly, an area not dissimilar to this where we are now, this bit of woodland. This is all very green, it's not that sort of carpet of pine needles. Yeah. All the very straight rows you see is all, it's a plantation isn't it, you can see the trees are all, all originally been planted in a, in a line. Yeah originally to sort of help stabilise that shifting dynamic movement of sand. So the roots do that, do they? Yeah, they bind together. It does, it certainly helps and, and stabilises because you end up with this, like you say, this greenish vegetation. This is all quite stable. You get a chance to go out on, the, on Raven Mills that we were talking about before. There's a, there's a very big sand blowout, natural blowout, called Devil's Hole. And at the back edge of Devil's Hole, there's pine woods like we're in now, which is with mature trees this high, which is probably about, uh, about 60 foot, would you say? Yeah. Thereabouts. But at, at the back of Devil's Hole, where all the sand's blown out, it's blown into the woodland. If you can stand on the sand, and look across the tops of the 60-foot high trees. Oh, wow. It's a peculiar feeling. That's so strange. Weird. But interesting to go and look at as a sort of landscape feature. It's really fascinating. It's like, wow, what a weird experience. Stood on this sand and looking over the tops of these pine trees, which are, you know, trunks as wide as this. Yeah. It's quite a view here as well. I like it. This is a nice spot. I think it's uh, for a number of reasons. You've got... You can see through the wood, because it's only a small wood, but you can see a different view that way to that way. It's not all the same. You've got another woodland across the other side there, the other side of this picnic area. Yeah. And then behind us, you've just got a kind of blanket of woodland that rises away. So you get, there's a different sort of feeling from every direction. You can see all around, which is unusual in a woodland, because usually you feel like a bit okay. hemmed in a little bit, you know. Yeah. But there's no sort of low branches on these trees until you get to sort of 20 foot up, really. There's quite a lot of things actually, which are um, artistically created, if you, you know, from a writing perspective, um, based around the area, are influenced by. Um, I mentioned before the statues, you know, the Anthony Gormley statues. That 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 is a is a kind of um, a stimulant for creativity, mm -hmm. in in a way, and that's quite you know a nice thing to happen in a way because it means that you know people are. Uh, taking something away from their visit and their experience and it is, is it's stimulating them to think of something else and that's quite a, that's quite a nice thing to think that people take away from here as opposed to sometimes the stuff that they leave behind like rubbish and pollution and what have you which is a constant nightmare.
Yeah, it's inspiring people. Absolutely, yeah, it, it definitely inspires people. This episode of Liminal was presented, produced and edited by me, Laura Davis. You can find the series wherever you listen to your podcasts. But for exclusive, interactive, immersive content, download the Entail app for iOS and Android. Liminal is a Laudable production for the Liverpool Echo. You can find out more about Laudable and its other local podcasts by following us on social media, on Twitter, where we are at Laudable Pods, and Instagram by searching for Laudable underscore podcasts. If you like what you heard, please rate and review Liminal and help other listeners discover us too. And join us next week when we'll be taking another walk along the coastline and meeting some of the people who have made their lives there.